Good evening. Okay, that was good. I mean, dear God, we are in church, but I guess that's all right. We're here. Yeah, you guys are pretty far back. You know, we're definitely, uh, I definitely don't have to worry about the, the preacher's spit, that's for sure, right? Um, I was going to say something, but I won't. But I got to just to start to study off. So I've learned that I do spit a lot when I preach. It's all over my iPad at the end of the message on Sunday. So if you see me out there wiping it down, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm being clean. So <laughs> put a mask on. <laughs> I'm going to wear a mask to preach from now on, right? All right. Well, it's good to see everybody. It is. Um, I pray you've had a, a blessed week so far. We've, we've halfway made it through. So that's a good thing. Um, I want to open tonight in prayer. Uh, remember Sue tonight? She was planning on being here, but her ear is just really bothering her. She does have an appointment in L.A., uh, I think on the 13th. I think that's next Wednesday, a week from today. Uh, so be praying for her. I mean, I believe God can heal her. She don't have to go to that doctor. But, but this has been ongoing for a minute, and, you know, far too long. And, and same thing with Trevor. Uh, he's, he's dealing with stuff, and he's just really uh, battling some physical ailments. That I do talk to him on a daily basis. I'm sure many of you still get texts from him on a daily basis as well. Uh, he misses us, and he misses being here with us, so just be praying for him. I know that he joins us online sometimes, so for those who are online, welcome. Um, but let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Prayer request? Okay. Okay. Anybody else? I have a friend, a co-worker. Her name is Jackie, and she, um, she just found out two days ago, um, well, didn't find out, but her son died on a motorcycle accident down south, um, 35 years old, and um, then she, her, she has a 102 mom, mother who's basically on the verge of, you know, passing, and then her husband is in the hospital due to a heart attack. All of this is hitting me on the same week. So remember her in prayer, if you would, Jackie. Um, she, uh, she's going through a rough stint, as you can imagine. So anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Sure, definitely. Okay. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come to you tonight. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to come together tonight and, and study, Lord, and, and, as, and together as one in unity. And God, we come to you because there are needs that we have, and, and no one can help us with those needs but you. So God, we, we come to you being God and just ask that you would meet in these needs. I pray for Renee's family and, and with this COVID, Father, we just ask for healing, a touch from, from you, Lord, a healing touch. We pray for Sue tonight, God, that you would just touch her ear. God, let there be a miracle healing, Father, even before Sunday, that when she comes to church on Sunday, she'll be able to praise you and give testimony that you've touched and healed her. God, we pray for Trevor tonight, God, that you minister to him also in that same miracle way, Lord, his body. Just bring peace and healing to it. Father, we pray for the student with the broken toe, toe Lord. Bring wisdom and guidance to the doctors and how they'll do it. And, and we just pray for my friend Jackie tonight, that you bring comfort and peace. Lord, let her, let her experience who you truly are, a God of love and, and comfort and peace, Lord, in times of hard, you know, 
stressful times. God, I just ask that you'd be here tonight. I ask that you open our hearts to receive your word. I thank you, Lord, for, for us getting here tonight. I thank you for your mercy and your grace that you've shown. God, have your way. Let every word spoke come from the throne of God and into our hearts that we would apply it to our lives to be more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you have your Bible, we'll be looking at 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look at 12 to 19. Um, pretty much this, this book has been kind of an up and down roller coaster of what it means to suffer as a Christian. Uh, Peter Peter's given us some examples on how to live for God during suffering, uh, what to do. And, and I would ask this question in the opening of, of, of study. Are, are you someone who loves surprises? Like, do you, if, if someone was to throw a surprise party for you, would you throw eggs at them? Or would you be like, oh, this is great. I, I tend to think, I know a lot of you, you'd probably throw eggs and not be too happy about a surprise party. Um, you know, whether, whether it was a gift or, or nothing excites, you know, some people more than just the spontaneity of receiving something or doing, having something happen unexpected. You know, or, or the other half of that is, right, do you dread the idea of being caught off guard, you know, uh, and avoid surprises at all costs. And within our passage tonight, we're going to see Peter calls to attention something that none of us should be surprised by. And, and I want to make sure we get this tonight. We should never be surprised by trials. And so, actually, not just trials, but he says fiery and painful trials. So not just a little bit of hard time, but a whole bunch of hard time, you know. And sometimes hard enough to where you can't breathe, you know. Um, yet what we see and what we're going to see in the scripture is that the trials are not all for naught. Right. We know when trials come, difficult times come, that they had to already get approved by God. Right. He already knew it was coming down the path. So so we can take hope in that and knowing that if he's allowed us to be in that situation or that trial, then we know that we can hope in him and trust him to get through it. And look at that as also as a way to help us grow more as Christians. Uh, if, if we didn't go through difficult times, we'd be a bunch of spoiled brats. You know, we, we, we'd expect good times all the time. And, and so, um, you know, in retroflect, you know, just kind of reflecting, you know, can you think of a time when you were surprised by a trial in your life? You know, I brought, I brought to, to memory maybe of losing a loved one, just out, you know, unexpectedly. Uh, losing your job unexpectedly. Um, you know, it could be anything. You know, how did you respond? You know, look at your heart. How did I respond in that situation? Did I panic? Did I run around like a chicken with a head cut off? Did I stress out and start, you know, yelling and screaming at my spouse or those who were around me? You know, how did I respond? Or did I, did I say, God, you knew this was coming. Give me the strength to get through this. Give me, give me the wisdom, the guidance, and let me be still and know you are God. That, in its, that, that verse always sticks with me. Because I'm learning that every day we get popped in the jaw by something, especially in the day we're living today. You can't read the news without, oh, they did that. Oh, they did this. Oh, here we go again, right? Well, we need to take the stock, church, and we need to stake, we need to stake in this, and as Peter said in previous uh, studies, keep our feet on that foundation knowing God's got it. 
God's got it. And, and we are the last day church. So we are going to go through some things that maybe the previous churches never went through. And yeah, maybe it is going to get some uncomfortable. Maybe it is going to get painful. Maybe it is going to get fiery. But here's the question that I would pose and that Peter asked us. Where are we standing? It's easy to stand when things are good. It's easy to stand when the bank account's got money. It's easy to stand when the car hasn't broke down. It's easy to stand when the loved ones are all around us. It's easy to stand when, the, when there's no division. I don't have an argument with somebody or, or whatever. It's easy in those moments. But church, what do we do when those moments crumble? What do we do when fiery and painful trials happen? Well, we, we can look and see what Peter tells us here. And if you have your Bible... It's in uh, 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 19. And it says this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to the world. 14 says, and if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. 15 says, if you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name, for the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if the judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godless sinners? Verse 19 says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. It's interesting because, you know, unfortunately, as I mentioned, you know, there's this popular teaching and belief that in Christianity, as soon as I say Jesus come into my life, life gets perfect. There's no, there's nothing, you know, it's just supposed to be, I'm, you know, that God wants me to be happy and God wants me to be rich and God wants me to be successful. Um, but it would be interesting, and, and anybody have an answer, feel free to, to speak up. But, but how does this passage completely correct this unhelpful and wrong teaching? What's it say? What's Peter say? He, he, he says, he, yeah, I love what he says. He doesn't pull no punches. He says, he doesn't say that you might go through trials. Notice he doesn't say you possibly may go. Some of you may, this table is going to go through some trials, but this group over here and this group here, you're not going to have to go through. That's not what he says at all. What does he say? He says, what, what are you even thinking it's weird for? Why do you think it's strange, Right? Uh, that it's happening to you because he says you are going through. Nobody's, nobody's getting through this thing without a little burn, without a little scar, without some kind of trial. Everybody's going to get hit. And he doesn't, he notice there's an S there on the trials. It's not one trial. It's multiple. It's multiple difficult situations that the Lord allows into our lives to better us. Why? So that we would suffer as Christ. So, you know, remember we talked about Peter talking about Christ's suffering. And, and, and we don't want to be spoiled brats. I want, to, I want God in my life as much as possible. So I want to see him work in my life. So I, I, when I go through those difficult times, Red Sea moments or Jericho moments, 
I want to see him work. And the only way I can do that is if I'm going through a rough time and see his power work. And so that's what we, that's what we see here. It, there is no, when you become a Christian, it is not all sunflowers and blue sky. And any of those who have been serving the Lord a long time, I think you'd agree with me. Um, there are going to be times when the thunder, the thunder, you know, we had lightning the other night and it's this, like, out of nowhere. I mean, seriously, Monday was a gorgeous day. Then all of a sudden it went completely dark and black. And here we were in lightning with, with wind. And I mean, that's how life is sometimes. We wake up, it's sunny, and we go to bed and it's pouring down rain and lightning and thunder. You know, and that's life. And we need to learn that when, even when life is going well, we, you know, we, it seems that we kind of just, thanks God, appreciate it, you just stay over there and let me do my thing. But then when the clouds roll in or difficult situations come into play, we, we all of a sudden, we, we, we cry out, God, where are you? Well, you pushed him away. <laughs> what do you mean, where is he? And so, but, you know, when he's, we, we become aware of how much we need him in a trial. Can I tell you, we need to keep that same need and, and desire and, and knowledge of, and awareness of how much we need him when times are good. Not just when we're going through a difficult situation. Not just when there's a bad thing happening in our life. That same desire, that same awareness needs to be happening to us 24-7. Because guess what? God hasn't changed. He doesn't change when life is good. He doesn't change when life is bad. He doesn't change when the wife and the husband are on the same page. He doesn't change when they're on the complete opposite page. He does not change. So guess what? I need to have the awareness as, as, a, as a child, as a, as a child of God, to know, God, you're good in the, in the good times and you're great in the bad times. And that's something we need to, to, uh, we need to do. You know, suffering under trials and persecution, it's a major theme that Peter's talking about in this letter. And, and remember, who's he writing this letter to? Remember in the beginning we talked about it. He's writing this letter to the exiles. All these people who are suffering because they're, they're not in the comfort of their hometown or, you know, where they, feel, where they should be. They've all been kicked to all these other different places, and they're under persecution. They're under suffering, and they're going through difficult times. And, and he wrote this letter to Christians who were going through trials. Many of the trials that they were going through was undeserved and unfair and unexpected. Does that sound familiar? Has anybody ever said that to God? Don't look at me like I'm the only one. I know every single one of us have said, God, I don't deserve this. Right? Or, or this is unfair. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But today, tonight we want to take a closer look at these, these fiery trials that, and, and, and find the insight that Peter gives us to help navigate. Listen, if you're not in one tonight, don't hold your breath. Because it, it's coming. And no, I'm not a prophet of doom, but we already just talked. Peter says, you're going to go through them, right? Um, another, no, another book that we covered a couple few, few months ago was the book of James. And James was as nuts as Peter. I mean, I don't understand how they can tell us to be glad in trials. I mean, you've got to be a whole different type of Christian to be glad in trials. But that's what Peter says. And, and James says the same thing. He provides this additional perspective on the trials we face, and it's, and it's pretty similar to how Peter addressed, you know, these sufferings and these, these trials we go through. What, you know, James says that trials are common among us, God's people. Right? And, and again, notice that James says the same thing. When. He doesn't say if. And so we need to get out of this, but I'm so special to God. 
I'm not going to go through any hard times. I love Jesus. You know? Yeah, go ahead and say that and then see how, see what happens tomorrow morning, right? See what happens. You think, you think Job had that type of attitude? I mean, Job, the Bible says that Job was, right, was, was a righteous man. And he proved it, right? God, God allowed the devil to smack him upside down and, and, and take his family and his wife. Hey, excuse me, miss. <laughs> uh, he t- <laughs> I mean, God really allowed. And you know what? I love the fact that, that God allowed Job in the Bible for us. You know why he did that? So that we could never say, God, you treated me so horribly. Because there's not a one of us in this room, a one of us under the voice that under my voice, that could say our life's been as bad as Job. I look at my friend Jackie right now and what she's going through. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty tough. And so J- James goes on to say, not it, not when, but but if. And he says, you know, they come in various categories. You ever notice storms are different? You know, this little storm that just blew through, it came through with some wind, it came through with some dark, scary clouds and some lightning and a little bit of rain. You know, here in Florida, man, you got tornadoes, hurricanes, you name it. Just and, and some of them last a minute, and some of them last two or three days, some of them last a week. Storms are different. Trials are going to be different. Our difficulties are going to be different. And, but here's the thing we need to take to heart, that trials put our faith to the test. Trials, difficult times, situations that we're not prepared for put our faith to the test. You say you trust Jesus Christ. You say you trust God with all your heart, and you're not leaning to your own understanding until the cloud unloads on you. Then where are you standing? Right? I mean, truth be told, it, that's a very good question to ask myself. I can stand up and say, I love God. I'm going to stand for God no matter what until he, he, until his, he allows the sky to unload on me, and I go, uh-huh. Right? And so trials have a way of putting our faith to the test. And then, let me tell you what. Trials have a, have a way of driving us two directions. Back to the core of our belief or run the other way. We can run to the core of our belief, God, our shelter, our shelter, or we can say, you know what, God, I'm out. I don't deserve this. You know what, I don't, if, this is the way, if this is what it means to be a Christian, I don't want to be it. I'm going to tell you what, I'll go, through God and I'll, I'll go through a hard time with God any time of the day than without him. I've done it without him. And it, let me tell you what, it was difficult. It was difficult. But with God, Raj, I've got hope. With God, Tina, I've got joy. You say, what? I do. You know why? Because I know God's going to bring me through it. I'm not going to get stuck there. I'm not have, guess what? I don't even have to figure out the answer how to get through it. He's got it. All I've got to do is keep my focus on him, not on the raindrops, not on the clouds, not on the lightning, not on the wind, but on him. And then I'll know that whatever this trial, whatever I'm going through, it's to teach me something. Right? And so without trials, church, there'd be no maturity. Again, we'd all be a bunch of spoiled little brats. I wouldn't be able to tell you today without difficulty. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to stand up here to sit up here today without the difficulty and the trials that I've been through. Those difficult times, guess what? They're testimonies. You know, somebody else is going through a difficult time. You can look at that person and say, hey, I've been exactly where you are. And guess what? Here's what I did and how God got me through it. And you know what? That's a big help to people. And then to tell them, hey, I'm praying with you and for you. 
and you help them walk, the, you know, hold their hand through it. And man, what an amazing testimony that you, God allows us to go through things so that we could encourage and uplift each other. Roger had cancer. He has a testimony that he can go to anybody that gets the diagnosis of cancer. He can go like I can't and say, hey, man, here's what you do. When the doctor says this, I know someone who's got a much louder voice. I got, I got some, I know somebody who pulled me through. And guess what? He's no respecter of person. So guess what? He could do the same thing for you. And here's how I got through. Was it easy? No. Trust me. I talked to Roger Bunce during that. There were some down days. There were some days he was stuck in the refuge and under the wing of God's, God's shelter. But did he give up on God? No, sir, no, ma'am. And he sits here today in victory and, over, and through that trial. And God brought him through it. He's got an amazing testimony to tell people. But it has to, we have to, it matures us, right? So God often uses these things to grow and to, to yield his, his result. And, and I think that what Peter's trying to say today refers to these kinds of trial, trials that linger and maybe they, they hang on. You know, they're slow moving. You know, we don't just get through them. And, and Peter addresses the fiery ordeal that his, re, his readers may face. You know, he may be speaking actually in this letter kind of metaphorically. Um, or he may be speaking literally about the Roman emperor during that time, Nero. He, he, was blamed, he blamed Christians for the burning of Rome. And, and then when he found a Christian, he would burn them alive as, as torches in the, uh, in, the, in the imperial garden at night. So, I mean, he very, Peter could very well be using it in both ways here. And regardless of the specific meaning... In these verses, he, he instructs us on how we should react during these, these periods of struggle. You know, if you look again at verses 12 and 13, what's he say? He says, don't, don't think it's strange that it's happening to you. If it wasn't happening to you, then you should probably worry. Right? True? If, 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 if they aren't happening to you, I mean, everybody goes through hard times in life. But if, the, if spiritual trials and attacks aren't happening to you, you might want to check your heart. Because the devil ain't going to bother you if, if, you ain't, if you're living for him. If you ain't living 100 for God, you better believe he's not going to bother you. He has no need to. But then he goes and said, be very glad because they make you partners in Christ in his suffering. So that why? You'll have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed. You're going to have some joy when, it get, when you get all through it. And so the proper response to, to trials, you know, it, it builds... It should, as we've been, praying, we've been talking about even this year, it should build our Christ-like character. You should see a difference in me over time. You should see some growth in me over time. You know, in those difficult times, when I come through a difficult time, you should see a difference in me. I should have some appreciation for God getting me through it. I might even have a different life lesson. I used to do it this way, but the Lord, now I'm doing it this way. And so we mature, and God promises a future reward to those who persevere under trials, right? James 1, 12 even tells us that. Um, but he also provides some important things to remember that as we, as we face trials, uh, in, lest we become overwhelmed, because it's very easy to get overwhelmed, especially, again, in the day we live now. Uh, you turn on the TV, and it takes about 3.2 seconds, and you're like, okay, I'm over it. Because it's just that quick. You know, we're, we're dealing with stuff in these days 
that no one else is having to deal with. Not to say that it was much easier, but we're dealing with stuff today that, that the church hasn't had to deal with before, or people for that matter. And, and again, trials provide an opportunity to draw upon God's great power. Let me ask you, when you go through a difficult time, and I'm going to ask you to check your heart again like I did in the beginning. When you go through a difficult time, a trial hits you, you get that phone call that was unexpected, you get that uh, email, you get that bill, you get that, you know, that, that discussion takes a sideways turn that you didn't expect. What's your response? Honestly, if you were to check yourself right now, when you get smacked upside the face in life by a trial or a difficult situation, do you completely blow off the handle? Do you completely stress out and just start throwing words out, just screaming? Do you, does your blood pressure rise? Does it, do, you, do you get angry at the person that wasn't even a part of the situation? Do you scream at God? I think it's safe to say we probably a lot of us have done that. Do, do you do this or do you say, God, what in the world is going on? Again, I bring the example of Job. I don't see Job screaming at God at all. I see his wife screaming at him and say, curse God and die. And you know what his response was? God, it's in your hands. Right? He loses his family. He loses his possessions. And he finds himself sitting on the ground, rubbed in ashes. And then he's got to listen for the next 40 chapters to three friends that have no clue what's going on. And then finally, towards the end of that book, he starts to open up. And I'll tell you what, nobody knows how long that I've ever heard, nine months. I don't know if that's legit or not. But, but however long it was, he kept his mouth quiet till the end. And, and let me tell you what, we would have probably popped off a lot sooner than chapter 40. And what happened? He said, God, just take me out. Why was I even born? Why was I even here? And God says, yeah. Yeah, you, you know it all, don't you? <laughs> I'm the one who control, controls everything. I'm the one who created everything. Don't you know I've got you? Don't you know that I've got everything in my hands? And Job was able to look at God's great power through those words and say, Lord, my bad. You're right. And I think it would be wise of us, Christian. I think it would be so wise and mature of us to just be still and know that he is God. Now, that's going to take a test, for myself included, because when things happen, that's not what's normal. That's not how we normally react when somebody, when something happens unexpectedly. When something happens unexpectedly, we flip out. That's step one, right? And then sometimes, unfortunately, we say things that we might, should not have said. And now we've got to go make it right and then get to that be still and know that he's God. So why don't we just cut that first part out? And, and say, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I know you do. And I say I trust you. See, I say I trust you. You see the difference? I say it. Now am I going to live it? Am I going to walk it? Am I truly going to do that? Because that's going to be the difference. And so what we see is, do we draw upon God's great power? The power of the Holy Spirit, is, he's, he's readily available to believers. And he can carry us. Here's the question. Can God carry us through our trials? Is he big enough to handle anything that we go through? If we believe that, then we've got to start walking in that. That's the difference between the Christian who talks and the Christian who walks. And that's true talk. 
And so the power of the Holy Spirit, he's so ready to help us, and he's right there, and he can carry us through. But the problem is sometimes we don't do that. We get a little attitude against God. Well, I'm just not going to read today because I'm mad at you. Well, that's your bad. <laughs> that ain't going to help you none at all. I'm not talking to you today, God, so I'm not praying. Yeah, that's, that's not going to end up very well for you at all. And so we need to understand that God is there with us through those times. Now, now he goes on to say that sometimes the suffering is deserved, right? And he says, make sure you don't do it because you're sinning. And sometimes the suffering, sometimes we, we make knucklehead decisions, and it puts us in a bad situation. And we, we, bring, we, we produce our own weather, right? We produce our own trial. And sometimes that suffering is, is deserved, and it's shameful. And there's times that our trials are justified, you know, because what, what's the Bible says? We must, we must reap our consequences of sin. You make a poor decision. If you go out and you spend all the money in your bank account, and then you're crying, you don't have food on the table, whose fault was that? But I've got the greatest iPhone yeah, how's that, how's, that, how's that working for you? How's that taste when you're trying to chew on it? Right? You, you know what I'm saying? There's, we're, we're responsible still for our consequences. We need to use wisdom. And we should never be ashamed, though, when we suffer as, if it's a result of following Christ. There's a difference. And when we're mocked or we're persecuted for our faith, we should rejoice that, that God considers us worthy to suffer for him just as Christ suffered. And then verse 15 through 18, we can see here, he says, if you suffer, however, you know, again, let it not be for those sins and, and knucklehead moves. But then he goes on and he finishes this, this, this chapter off with, with 19. And, and I love what he says. He says, so if you're suffering in the matter that pleases God, keep on doing what's right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will what? He'll lead you. Oh, never. I apologize. I missed that word. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake. He, he's not going to get you halfway through the trial and then go, see you later, Renee. Have a good one. Here's a surfboard. Good luck. He's never going to lead us in, you know, let us to go into something and then just say, oh, man, I totally forgot. I got another appointment. I've got to go. Has God ever left anybody in here? Has he ever forsaken anybody in here? I would venture to say no. And so how does this summarize, how does this summarize and encourage us? God's God. And you're pretty awesome in God's eyes. And he's going to pull you through whatever the enemy throws at and whatever he allows the enemy to throw at. And you know why? That's because he wants, he wants us to trust him. And so what's the two keys? When we're going through trials, when we're going through difficult situations, when, when, we're, when we've come off the mountaintop and here we are in the garbage valley, what are the two keys to continue moving forward? He says it, keep doing what's right. Keep doing what the Word says. Keep living by the Word of God. Keep obeying the Scriptures. Keep listening to the Lord's direction and guidance and will. And then he says, trust your lives. To the God who created you, for he will never leave nor forsake. It, it takes a lot to do that, though. It's easy right now on a Wednesday night, 731, you're like, dude, hurry up, I'm ready to go to bed. But what happens tomorrow morning 
What happens Saturday morning? What happens Sunday morning when you wake up to come to church and the enemy's like, yeah, no, don't go. What happens Monday morning when you know you've got this big thing at work and, and you're kind of, it's weighing down on you and the enemy's trying to say, hey, focus on that more than God. And so what are you going to do? Peter's challenging us here. He's given us all the clues. Don't be surprised when they come. If you're in one now, don't be surprised. If you're not, don't be surprised it's coming. And in that trial, in that storm, be glad. That's the craziest thing I've ever read in the Bible. Still, it gets me every time. Consider it joy. Well, I know, I know something that happened to somebody this past weekend. Let me tell you what, he wasn't very joyous. <laughs> I guarantee you he wasn't laughing when it happened. But did that change who God is? No. We live in an evil world. That's the bottom line. And that evilness is, is drawing ever so closely. But guess who's bigger? God. And so, yeah, when we go through the difficult times and then we go through the times that we did not plan for or expect, we've got to get in the heart set, Christian. We have to get in the heart set. Because if you give the devil an inch, he's going to take the whole thing. And if you don't get this right in your heart now, he's going to, he's going to sneak in. But God, when I go through difficult times, I already knew you knew it was coming. So you know what? I'm going to hang out with the plan maker. I'm going to hang out with the way maker. I'm going to hang out with the one who's already got the answer, who's already got the way through this thing. And I'm just going to hold on. How many times did David say in the book of Psalms, you know, it's his refuge and it's his shelter. And that's what we need to do sometimes. Sometimes we just got to stop, hunker down, get into the word, and, and be still. And know that he is God. That's how we get through it, church. Now, now this is the word, and we've, we've audibly spoken it. But now we've got to go live it. You know why? Because there's somebody watching you. They're watching to see how you're going to react when life slaps you in the face. Because they know exactly how they're going to react. They're going to go to the bar. Or they're going to go do this or do that or the other. And, and your reaction should be a lot different than that, right? Your reaction should be going to the word, going to prayer, calling up a brother or a sister or a family member and say, hey, I need prayer. Nobody's in this walk alone. And, and we, need to, we need to get to a point that when we're going through a difficult time, that we've got one another. We know we've got God. But it sure is nice to hear a voice on the other side of the phone saying, hey, or a nice text back saying, I've got your back. Man, I'm in this with you, right? There's something encouraging about that. And so let's start doing that, church. Let's start, you know, if somebody's going through a difficult time, just say, hey, I'm praying right along with you. Because then you can, you can, testify, you can be joyous with them when they come through it. You can, you can also be, you know, as it says here, you know, um, celebrate and have a testimony when they come through that situation. And so with that being said tonight, you know, I would ask this question just for you to, if you want to answer, great. But I know as I was studying this, it, it put me in check. It put me in check because there have been certain times where something will happen, even at work, right? I mean, something happens at work that you just comes up and smacks you and you weren't expecting it or somebody had an attitude or you just want to smack them, but that's not the right thing to do. And so we've got to learn to react. 
as Christ reacted. I'm reminded of Christ in the garden when, when they, they, had, they, you know, they grabbed him. And, and was it Peter? He took his sword and chopped the ear off. Christ didn't move. Christ did not respond. Christ didn't come after, you know, defend. He didn't, you know, jack him in the jaw. What did he do? He picked his ear up and healed him right there. Am I talking impossible? No, I'm not. What I'm talking is challenging. How, how I'm teaching, how Peter's teaching us is very challenging. But it's doable with the Holy Spirit. There's the key. And it's doable if we're willing to say, God, I want to be like this. I want to be different. I want to be Christ-like. And it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to probably happen in the next three or four months. But as long as we mature and we grow in it, I believe God will show us, man, you used to pop off real quick, but look at you now. But look what you're doing. You're going to the Word first. Look at you. You come to me first before you get all crazy and, and throw these words out that you used to throw out. And that's how we learn, church. That's how we grow. And that's how we, we as we trust, we learn who God is. The friendships that we have, the marriages that we have, guess what? We didn't just learn who they were overnight. It took years. And, and, and I believe in these last days it's not going to take years. I don't think we have that long. But God is willing to reveal himself and show himself off so big if we would just put ourselves in the position to allow him to do so. Amen? Anybody have anything or any thoughts or anything you want to add to that or, or take away from that? Now we're quiet. All right. With that being said, let's close in prayer. Lord, I pray, Father, that we would take this word as, as challenging as it is, but, God, that we would take it to heart. God, I'm asking in my own life that you would change me, Lord, and help me to respond to situations in life and trials that come up suddenly, even the fiery trials and the long trials. God, that you would give me strength, that you would give me guidance and peace, and that I would learn, Father, first and foremost to turn to you, and to be still and know that you are God. Lord, that I would consider it joy because it's changing the old Sean. It's making me more like you, this trusting in you, leaning not to my own understanding. Knowing that in all my ways, if I acknowledge you, Lord, you'll, you'll make me more like you. And I will become like you. And God, I know that this, this is not an easy thing to adapt. I know it's not going to change tomorrow. But God, begin tonight in me. Begin even the smallest of work tonight in me. That when something surprises me, that I'll respond, Father God, as, as you responded. Lord, I'll respond and even be like Job, where I will still stand, Father God, and, and not blame you, not blame others, but God, that I'll be able to stand and say, I'm going to trust you, God, through this thing. And God, give me wisdom and guidance that when I'm a knucklehead and I make my mistakes, Father, and I've got to pay for those mistakes, help me to learn from those, Lord, that I would not have to go through them again. God, you're a loving Father, you're a loving God, and I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace that you show each and every day, and through your word that I can become more like you. I ask your safety upon us as we travel home tonight. Thank you for bringing us here, and we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless everybody.